0: at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV Damper. With better control and handling with an upgraded vein and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com, or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks hate. Jacob Stevenson, how are you? Good, how are you? It's actually Jacob Stevens. I said <sighs> yes, Stevens, sorry. I always put the uh, S-O-N in there on accident. <laughs> it's all right. How are you? I'm good.
2: I'm good. Doing well, working a lot. Kind of living day by day, taking, taking things as it comes, you know?
0: That's great. That's a great way to look at it. I see that logo on your hat. What is that?
2: Okay. So um, my uh, parents started a net company. um, Probably I would say four or five years ago. Um, I was tearing through the stock nets and My dad was tired of buying them and my mom used to sew and she was like, all right, let's see what we can do. Let's see if I can make some nets. So she made some reinforcement nets to last a little longer and then things kind of escalated and they got into heat press and embroidery and now they're doing hats and shirts and sweatshirts and they are doing nets and getting into Jersey lettering and stuff like that. So they run a company, it's called JSR motor designs. I'm sure a lot of people that ride quads already know about it, but, Definitely uh, highly suggest getting into those nets. They last a very long time.
0: Well, we're going to have to have a conversation off air about that. Absolutely. On Do they make them for the role design stuff as well?
2: Yep. Yep. Roll design. They make them for the GNCC, GBC. They make them for Wrath. They make them for Pro, pro Armor. Any net that is on a four-wheeler, they can do.
0: Haven't they talked to wrath yet to take over uh, what they'd already re- put in them because nothing lasts very long.
2: Yeah. Um, there was a, a little deal with them that they had going for a while. And then things kind of just ended up not working out. Um, I believe they, we still do a little bit for them, um, but not it much. It is what it is. It is what it is pretty much. Yep.
0: So let let's go backwards in time a little bit. I know that for you, that's not very far. Uh, <laughs> if we were talking to me, you know, well, I think we need a couple of days, but, um, let's roll back in time a little bit. How did you get into four wheelers? Um, so I was
2: in Arizona, I in Arizona at the time and, um, my cousin and uncle actually raced the work series and, um, my cousin, I think raced, um, the intermediate class and, um, my uncle raced, you know, 40 plus, And, He invited us out to a works race. So I decided to go out, take a little look, see what it was all about. I ended up absolutely falling in love with it. Told my dad I wanted to do this. Let's get it, get into it full time. Um, So he bought me a Raptor 250. We didn't really know much at the time. So we were just kind of going with it. We were listening off of what my uncle was telling us and uh, bought a quad, started racing works races, and then kind of started doing decent at works. Nothing crazy. Um, I was young. I think I was... Uh, probably 12 years old when I started. And, um, yeah, so we just started racing works and then we did a national in 2012. And then I decided, you know, this is what I wanted to do. So we, you know, wanted to go for nationals. So we decided we made the move back to PA and then, you know, started racing nationals from there.
0: Do I know your uncle?
2: Um, his name is Daniel Pierre. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, it's possible. They haven't been in the sport since I started just about, I think the last season they rode was the first season I started. So.
0: And what year was that?
2: Um, 2011, 2010,
0: okay. 2011. Okay. I was more of a service oriented guy. I was where I think I was working with Sloan back then in the, in the, a class. So, yeah. um, I was there a little,
2: yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure you've talked to my dad. I'm I wouldn't doubt it for a second that my dad has you know, come up to you and had a conversation. It's probably, you know, rolled into a lot of conversations you have you're a big guy out there. So I assume you talk to a lot of people,
0: you know, I re- I remember machines better than I remember people. Gotcha. And, and I'll admit this only because I have to, I am horrible with names. I remember faces. I remember situations. Yeah. I remember machines and, but I can't remember names. Yeah. It's, I'm,
2: I'm terrible with names. I completely get it.
0: It's, it's super important that you remember names. It's super important that you know, names. And, um, it's just one of those things that I've just never been good at, but I can talk to somebody, remember their voice and, re- and see their quad and remember their quad and tell them things about their quad that they don't even know, right. But not even know who they are.
2: Yeah. Right. I get that. I completely understand that, especially in this industry, you see thousands of four wheelers and you've learned to pick up numbers and four wheelers rather than names. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I have, I have some dear friends that I may know a nickname, but I don't know a, a first name and a last name because I picked up on the nickname that that their buddies were calling them, or right, right. you know, the wife called them or something, and I call them that nickname and I and that's how I know them. Right. And right, uh, you know, and I find out, you know, 10 years later what their name is, and I'm like, Oh, that's you. That's <laughs> who you are. Oh wow, I know yeah. you. You know, and yeah, so absolutely.
2: Kind of happened with us when when you when you DM'd me on Instagram and and we're talking, and we previously talked about about Paul Turner and stuff like that. So, uh,
0: yeah, two days earlier. Yeah, two days earlier. <laughs> yep, <laughs> as I heard your voice, I knew who it was, and I'm like, "Yeah, uh, I know you." <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. Small world. Yeah, absolutely. So you rode works for quite a while, and then you switched back. Then you went to the nationals.
2: Yep, yep. So we moved back. And, um, my first season was 2014. I raced C-class on a 450. I think I was 16 at the time, 16, 17. And, um, I ended up making it through the season. I was doing good. Top, top three, top four positions, nothing like crazy. I mean, we're talking C-class and, um, I went to sunset Ridge that year and I broke my collarbone, put me out for the season. I kind of regrouped, came back for the following season. I raced C-class again, just because everybody didn't think like, I was ready for, you know, moving up. I wasn't really advancing fast at the time, so I raced C-class again and then ended up winning two C-class championships that year in 2015 and then moved up to B race. B was a top five rider in B and then, um, Ford brothers racing. I'm sure a lot of people know who that is. Um, they're a big, big name in, uh, the national circuit, great family, great two boys, super fast riders, Um, they approached me and and offered me a full ride for racing a class the following year. So I got with them, I got to go down to their facility and train and ride every day. And I picked up a lot of speed riding with Bryce and Cody and uh, Ronnie Higgerson was there and a bunch of pros. So picked up a lot of learning curve there um, and kind of advanced my game a lot. And then went into a class that following year. And that year, I mean, a class was absolutely stacked that year. There was probably, eight to 10 guys that could win a class and we battled every single weekend. There was a different guy on the podium every weekend. I was always up in the mix. Um, didn't really win a lot of races, had a couple issues with crashing. I was kind of riding over my head still, still learning a lot, you know, and, um, the following season after that, um, raced a class again and, um, trained a lot, Harder, I guess, on the bike, trying to put things together like consistency, doing, hitting, hitting my marks each corner, each lap. And um, big, big turning factor was two riders, actually, Wesley Wolf and Ronnie Higgerson. They kind of took my game to a new level and um, pushed me every day. And I was putting 20 minute motos in every day with these pro riders. And I wasn't even going to race pro class. And I was at the absolute top of my game and come Daytona ATV Supercross in 2018 I was out front in production A I was probably 13 seconds in front won my heat race was having a fantastic day and there was this weird rhythm section couple rollers right into a face and it kind of just poked me over the bars and I ate the dirt really hard ended up breaking six ribs lacerating my liver I was in the ICU for about 5 days and um kind of put a big setback on my career, big setback.
0: So you missed all of 19, uh, 18. I
2: actually ended up racing five weeks later. Uh, I missed the first round and then I raced the second round or uh, the third round, if you include Daytona. And, um, it wasn't, de- I was nowhere near back where I was. Obviously I, ha- I was still hurting, still had broken ribs. I was just kind of going it, trying to salvage some points, and throughout the whole season, I, I just wasn't there mentally and physically. And it kind of just put a big mental block in for my career.
0: So what happened in 19?
2: Um, 19, um, had a falling out with the Ford brothers. Um, didn't pick me up again for 19. I got on another team with Hudson racing. And this is when I really started to talk to Paul. I made the switch to the Yamaha and me and Paul Turner were having really good relationship. We've, grew a lot since then. I mean, he's a really good friend of mine, good mentor and, um, got on a Yamaha and the team I was with, they were kind of new to like the whole team thing. They didn't really have a team before the sun raced, um, Hudson's Ty Hudson. And we were riding a lot and my funds kind of started to slip away. So I had to work full time. So I went down to Oklahoma for about three months, came back home after those three months after the first round, And I was working 40 hour weeks. I was training after work. I didn't really have access to a lot of tracks. I raced pro-am that year. And, um, I was a top three, four rider all year long, really consistent, didn't have any mechanical breakdowns or any crashes that were heavy. Um, but I just, I couldn't really put my speed back to where it was after I crashed in 18. I just couldn't beat the mental block in my head to get past it and get back to where I was speed wise. I was just kind of struggling a lot in
0: 19. And then you rolled into 2020 Then rolled into 2020.
2: Um, the Hudson's actually just kind of ended the team thing, the ATV industry. I mean, it kind of just goes up and down. I'm sure, you know, a lot of it you've been around a long time. (laughs) So everything just kind of goes up and down and they ended the team thing. So I was on my own and, um, I didn't really have the funds to build a pro bike or pro am bike. So I bought a stocker and raced the pro stock class just kind of for fun. I was working full time still. So it wasn't anything crazy. Um, yeah, I raced the pro stock class. I had some good finishes fourth, fourth, fifth place, but I'm also, we're racing Chad Wien and Max Lindquist and, you know, Thomas Brown and, you know, top, top, top guys. And I Who didn't have guys? the Who time. I don't
0: know those guys. Who are they? I've never heard of them who
2: Chad and, and Matt, they're they're the best in the game. You know, they're top, top level (laughs) guys. So I just didn't have the ride time. Like these guys did. I didn't have the training time. I was working full time and, you know, I was just kind of doing it for fun at that point.
0: Well, that's awesome. So you and Paul spent a lot of time. Do you guys get to go ride together or is it more of a uh talk on the phone mentor type deal like that.
2: Um he's 100% a mentor. I mean I he's a really good friend of mine. It's more of a talk on the phone. He uh helps me with bike stuff. He he works on my bikes all the time. Every motor I blow up, anything I break, he's the first person I call, he's the first person that touches it. So, um just a all-around good dude, great advice in the sport. He's taught me a lot about the bike itself, a lot about setup and everything like that. So, I'm hoping to use the knowledge that I've gotten from him and move on with my career hopefully um we can get into the future stuff then but um yeah paul is definitely uh, a big part of my program at the moment definitely glad that i have somebody like that in my michael
0: what does he talk to you about with your mental block issues with your speed how how is how does he cope with that and how is he helping you get over that
2: um kind of just bringing back like the fun of racing, you know, like it kind of turns into a job almost. And it's like, some days you wake up and you, you don't even want to go ride. And it kind of got to the point with me where it was just like, I was just beating my body into the ground and then having to go home and and work a full-time job. And then it was like, just mentally, I wasn't there. You know, you have people like Logan Stanfield and, you know, all these pro riders and that get to ride all the time. And like, that's great for them. I'm, I'm so happy that they're at the level they're at now, but I just didn't have the time to put into it that these other guys did. And he kind of pushed back and was like, listen, why don't we just take it back? And he suggested the stocker and was like, let's just bring a little bit of fun back into it. You know, I see you're flustered, you're frustrated. Um, just have some fun, go out, have some, go ride. No thoughts, don't worry about speed, don't worry about where you're at in the race, just go ride. So all of 2020, that's exactly what I did. I showed up to the track and I just rode. I just did my thing, smile on my face the whole time, and it really helped bring back the enjoyment of the sport.
0: It is a lot of fun and and, and, and there is a lot of stress involved. And um I've been in all walks and form of it. Um, I really like the in-depth look at your mental focus uh, because we lose so many talented young men and women to the loss and the mental focus, you know, whether right. it from injury or having to work so hard to do the thing they love the most. Right.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, at the end of the day, like kind of sit down at the dinner table, I'm sitting with my parents and kind of like, is this really worth it anymore? Like, is it worth it to put, all of this time and effort in and then still go to the track and still have a disadvantage, you know, and it, it got to the point where it really wasn't and I just wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't having fun. And um, we, like I said, we decided to switch back to just having fun riding a four wheeler. And I think that's been a big help in what I'm capable to do.
0: What, what in your mind was the disadvantage, Uh, the real disadvantage, not, the one that, that we can discuss further, but um, what's the real disadvantage, the, uh,
2: the biggest disadvantage that I had of, right. over other riders was just time on the bike. I just, I didn't have the time on the bike that other people did people riding four or five days a week. And, you know, I was working five days a week and I didn't have a, access to a motor track every single day after work. You know, I got to ride on some weekends, you know, by, in PA, the ATV industry is real low out here. I mean, we have a local series, but not a lot of local tracks support us. And, you know, you got to travel three, four, five hours just to go ride a couple motos. And it was overall, the biggest disadvantage was just time on the bike.
0: Well, let's talk about that time on the bike thing for a minute. And I understand the mental confidence that it gives you. Don't get me wrong. Right. But we go race in Europe and we deal with some of these guys that don't ride for six months, come out and race a race at top form.
1: Wow. That's, that's crazy to me.
0: So, well, it's also how they've lived their life. That's true. Yeah. So when you start plugging the disadvantage into your mind, you're thinking that it's a disadvantage, right? Everything that you plug into your mind, and I'll tell this to any writer I talk to needs to be a positive advantage, positive. I'm doing this because I can't do that, and this is for me today is the best it's going to be, and it's going to make a difference, right. whether it be all I can do is push ups and sit ups in my bedroom because there's ten foot of snow outside, which I don't you guys right. get to know I'm, a, I'm yeah, a, yeah, you know I live in I live in the haven of of life and uh, <laughs> the sunshine and the and the glory of yeah. of high taxes and uh amazing weather, but um those are things everything that you do, you need to turn that positive twist to it right, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, because if you build the grind, we do it to ourselves, it's not you, it's me too right' it's everybody you talk to that says all oh, the grind, the grind it's not the grind, yeah. It's you yep. wake up every morning and be thankful that you get to do it. Right. Absolutely. Cause I talk Absolutely. to people in other countries that don't get to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're mm-hmm. so fortunate and so blessed. And it's just, it, 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 I, I say that to you because I think about it this way. When I get to go to the races, you know, mm-hmm. I could be pulling, I could be mowing grass or pulling yeah. at home. I'm not. I'm at the races. Yeah. I get to work on a on a race bike at an ATV national. Yeah. I am stoked. It's it's the happy place for me. Um, And trust me, it's stressful and it's hard, and there's all yeah. that stuff comes into it. But at the end of the day, would you rather be home shoveling snow or pulling weeds or doing that?
2: Just a four wheeler every single day.
0: There you go, man. You just you just answered your own dilemma question to all of the, all of the questions you have. And right. it's so simple that none of us we're standing in the forest and we can't see the trees. Right.
2: Yeah, I get it. I, yeah, it makes sense. a lot of sense. Now you put it that way. It really does. Uh,
0: and I talk to guys that have been in the business longer than you or longer than me. And, the, and some of them have the same, they say the exact same things you do. And it's, it's okay to say that because I've been in your shoes. Right. I've looked at that wall going, uh, I'm never going to get over it. Yeah. No way. This is impossible. And you just smash your head against it so many times and you're, you're frustrated and you're, you're wanting to walk away, but you can't because you, the draw to do it is so much greater. It, it, you know,
2: it's greater I, than I, the, the ability to just drop it and walk away. Absolutely. I can't, I, I could never just drop it completely. I can't do it. It's just not uh, in me.
0: I don't know anything about, and I, this is a bad analogy for, but I don't have a better one. It would almost be like the drug addict. Yeah. I I can't, I can't get away. I I can't get away from it.
2: Absolutely. It is 100% addicting. You can't just drop everything, especially when like all the time and money and effort that you put into it, you can't, you can't just walk away.
0: Can't. No, I, I I get it. I, I've been so blessed. I was born into this industry. So every time I get mad, I'd yell at my dad. Um, yeah. He's 85 years old and you know what? He still does it today.
1: Yeah. So
0: my pops is still inflicted with the disease at 85 years old and still gets up every morning and loves going to work. Um, yeah, I am not going to complain about anything. No.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, look at look at Thomas Brown just retired. Do you think he's going anywhere in the industry anytime soon? Absolutely not. Absolutely not.
0: Uh, you know, he's... Uh, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he's in a really good place.
2: Absolutely. Yep. But you just know... Just got married. Just moved to Florida. Happy for you him. You know he misses it. Absolutely. You can, how can you not? I mean, he did it for... I, I mean, he's one of the longest pros that was in the pro class
0: He was there a long time um, very chad's long time there, chad's been there longer yeah you know, i was talking to um i don't remember who i was talking to now but chad's one of the last of the old guard
2: yeah he really is i mean he really is him back. and who's next is is you know jeffrey and joel i mean yeah. there's they're, they're the next coming from from what 2000 and, and Fourteen, I think Jeffrey started. for Thirteen, and Joel's 2011. So after them, I mean, it's a majority rookies.
0: Well, yeah, the the the, the sport evolves. Uh, yeah, I don't know how long Bryce has been a pro.
2: Uh, this will be his second season.
0: Uh, I watched a video on that kid. Oh my!
2: Unbelievable, God. unbelievable rider. He really is unbelievable. I got a chance to actually, you know, like I said, I was with the team for two seasons and got a chance to see that kid kind of grow up a little bit. And it's, it's amazing where he's at. I always knew he always had the the absolute raw speed. Even when he was on a two fifty, he was filthy fast on a four wheeler. And I knew if he put the right cards in the right hand, he was going to do very well in the pro class. And he's done just that. He's got his training on track. He's riding a lot. His program is just about perfect. And I'm pretty excited to see what he does. Um, Come tomorrow. Daytona.
0: Yeah. I watched a video of him and I thought it was Joel. Yeah. Beating up on Chad, you know, yeah. and it took me half the video to realize that's not Joel. Rice Ford. So then I had to do a little research on him and then I reached out to him on social media and reached out to him when I got his phone number, text message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait to talk to him. I can't wait yeah. to sit down and have a conversation with him.
2: He's a great kid. He really is a great kid. I'm happy for everything that's come to him because he puts in the work. Absolutely.
0: What class is his brother's brother ride pro Two.
2: Yep. His brother rides pro 2 He's been in pro. I think this will be his third season. Um, he is also a great rider. He's had a lot of, of growth in the last three seasons. Um, uh, he actually was one of the only rookies to ever get on a pro podium too. So, um, yeah, phenomenal riders, both
0: of them. What do you think the rivalry between them is going to be like? Um,
2: last year, it wasn't bad. Cody is. They're kind of different in, in speed wise. Bryce kind of has the, the raw, raw, like out on the table speed and Cody kind of has the longevity speed. So they haven't really battled much in a moto. Um, I'm curious to see what happens when they do. But as brothers, I know they're very, very close. Um, so I don't think the rivalry really gets to them.
0: Nice. That's really good. You know, Brown was more of a longevity guy.
1: Yeah. You
0: yes, know, he was, he, he was good. He was fast. He was close.
1: He was there he, for he, every lap.
0: Yeah. You know, you don't make a mistake or you don't make a big enough mistake. He's not, he, he doesn't get you. He hangs in for third, you know, maybe a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. So his, the, the, the brother could do damage. Cody could do damage because he's that guy.
2: Yeah, he is. He is that guy. He he is there at the end of the moto. So if, you know, if he doesn't get a great start, he will be there putting pressure on you at the end of the moto.
0: Man, that's, that's, that's crazy. Uh, and they're two, two different styles, two different riders. And they both come out of the same camp.
2: Yep. Same household.
0: That's, that's crazy. But you know, it's typical. Uh, I'm yeah. assuming Cody's the older brother.
2: Cody is the older brother. Yes.
0: Yeah. The younger brother's got something to prove generally yep. has a tip on his shoulder. Absolutely. Know, little, more, little, little, more careless.
2: Yeah. Yep. Definitely more, definitely more careless, especially on a four-wheeler. Kind of, he pushes it to the edge, pushes it to the very edge.
0: Well, that's, you almost have to do that in that class.
2: Absolutely. If, if you're not riding on the absolute edge of your ability, you're, you're not going to go fast enough.
1: That's crazy
0: so we were talking and you told me that you have some future plans that include the West coast. Uh, you want to elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Yeah. Um, so there's some big potential that, um, uh, my family moves back out West to Arizona in the Phoenix Mesa area. And, um, I've already talked to a lot of people. Um, Alan from H and M I've talked to Davey and Bo and, um, yeah, I, there's a high potential that I'll be racing, uh, the pro class that works in 2021 or 2022.
0: That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Uh, We're going to have to, we're going to have to get together and do some talking and see what we can
2: do. Absolutely. I'm, I hope to have you on my side and obviously Paul's not going to go anywhere. He's going to be there with me and, uh, we're going to get some bikes set up, figured out. And, um, I think I'm going to be at the, we'll be moving out in September of, at the end of this year, right after Briarcliff, the, the last national. And, um, I'm hoping to get to Glen Helen just to you know, see how I do. I'm not expecting anything at all. Um, planning on getting a lot more training and riding in, um, for that kind of style of riding. I haven't rode works racing eight years. I mean, I've been riding moto for a very long time. I'm kind of used to the short, quick spurts of you know, high heart rate motos. So, um, yeah, not really expecting anything come, come September or whatever. Is it in October, the Glen Helen race? I'm I'm not sure. It's October. Yeah. So not really expecting hundred degrees. Yep. Oh, wow. Not expecting that. either. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it'll be a learning curve. I'd like to see where I'm at in the class before I, you know, throw everything into it. I little just a footprint to see where, what I got to put into to to make things happen.
0: Glen Helen is not a bad place to get your feet wet. Um, the heat will be an, ob, uh, an object for you, right. Uh, the motocross portion of the track probably will be nothing for you. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to run twenty one twenties. Yep. You got to get rid of the, you got to get used to the bigger tire, um, bigger
2: tires, the pit stops, the, just the uh, desert riding alone.
0: The, the, well, there's not a lot of desert style riding in Glen Helen, uh, some Hills, some things like that, some trails, um, it's a lot of fun. I like the the courses they lay out there. Yeah. Uh I've never been a huge fan of um I just never had a lot of great success at Glen Helen. Yeah. Yeah. For every hurrah there, there was always a oh, really?
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, it's back when I was on 250, when I first went to Glen Helen, I was, like I said, twelve years old. I showed up to this track and I look up at these mountains and I'm like, you guys expect me to go up these things? I'm like, I don't know if my thing will make it, you know, I don't know if it's got enough to get up that Hill. And I ended up actually puking on the line. I was so nervous to ride that track. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was so nervous. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's that crazy. Um, they they do. Lori who owns the place allows them to get pretty mm-hmm. creative. Mm-hmm. Um, when they want to get creative, they had a, um, uh, what the uh, bridge. Oh
2: yeah. The bridge. I see it on Instagram a lot, but they go over that big, the the big red Glen Helen bridge. They go through
0: it. I mean, that's kind of, kind of crazy that they do that. Um, and they put the big Hills in there there's always going to be a pro obstacle, whether it be rocks or logs or Mm -hmm. multitude of different things that you'll have to get over.
2: Yeah. That'll be a big learning curve as well. Those, those little enduro sections. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not used to at all.
0: Well, you know, you go riding to is there any wooded areas you can go ride where you're at?
2: Um, yes and no. Um, my actually good friend of mine, Wesley Wolf. Uh, he lives out in Maryland. He's got a home track and he's got some woods there. So I'm planning on going there and moto in a little bit this year. And, uh, I plan on racing actually a GNCC or two, maybe just to, you know, see how the actual trail riding goes for me. And then, I, think uh,
0: that's, I think that's super smart. They're two yeah. totally different disciplines. Yeah. Um, your work stuff is a little more high speed than your wood, than your woods. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the technical technicality in the woods, uh might set you up for the pro sections and works. Right. Um, but the dirt consistency is different. There's no loops. Yeah. There's rocks. Yeah. I mean if you like rocks, dude, come race works because they're <laughs> rocks, rocks there. and and rocks and dust is what I see a lot of online. You know, uh, Randy Perry, the owner of works does a pretty good job keeping the dust down. Really? Uh, yeah. You, there are some tracks that you can't get to the areas to right. get the dust right. down. Um, there's two really fast straightaways in works at Glen Helen and they keep them really dry or really wet mm-hmm. so that, um, it keeps the dust down because you don't want a guy pinned in fifth gear riding in the dust.
1: Yeah. You know, that, at, yeah. That is that
0: speed. You you want to you want to keep it controlled and, and get it wet so that they yeah yeah can go that speed and and not have the dust to deal with. But Randy yeah. does a really good job. Um, I think that uh, if you've talked to Bo and if you talk to Davy, um, they'll take you under their wing and they'll they'll give you some good guidance. Um, there's other guys there that that are good pros to talk to. Logan Huff, uh, he's mm-hmm. a he's a veteran of the pro class. He's uh, it, he has hot and cold moments, but for the most part, you can always look over your shoulder and he's gonna be right there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm um, I I've like I said, I, we've talked to Alan um a little bit and he's always said, you know, we'll get him out here, out here to California and get him riding with Davey and Bo and, and just see how things go. And uh I know living in Arizona, there's definitely tons and tons and tons of trails out there that I can just go go after work and even just go moto for an hour and a half and get my riding in and get used to the the longevity and actual terrain of of the tracks and um I know Evan Spooner I know I haven't talked go. to him in in a very long time but I know he lives uh in Arizona somewhere so lick up with him maybe he'll he'll show me some spots to ride we can moto a little bit together and um I think it'll be good I'm I'm excited to um see what I can do out there I I'm not holding any standards I don't expect to go out there and win right away maybe uh hopefully uh get a couple wins in the 2022 season uh how it goes.
0: I think that's a good attitude. Good positive. You know, you just go out there, get your feet wet, go, you know, go bang bars with a couple of people. Evan's a good guy to go riding with because Evan Evan has moments of brilliance. Yeah. And you just never know what you're going to get with him. Sometimes he's super fast and other times I don't know. I don't know what goes on in his program. So I can't, I can't totally answer the questions. Right. (laughs) Uh, the pro class is go- growing in works. Um, mm-hmm. There's some other guys that you haven't mentioned that that are going to be pretty fast. And yeah, Travis Damon has a. He lives in Havasu. Mm-hmm. He'd be good to link up with to go train um, because he's fast. He's a motorcycle uh, convert. You know, he's a racist oh, pro yeah. motorcycle works and pro quad. Oh wow. Huh?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know many many people out there anymore. I I know the big the big names that I knew prior to leaving. Um, I like you mentioned before Mike Sloan and, um, uh, I know him, I follow him on Instagram and, um, yeah, some good talent out there. So I'm, I'm excited to just, you know, battle with these guys, see where I'm at.
0: I think you'll fit right in and, and the, the works family for the most part, everybody gets along pretty well. And, and, uh, you know, nobody leaves anybody stranding stranded. Yeah. And that's, that's the best thing about it. So yeah. I, I, I don't think you'll have any problem fitting in with anybody at all, you know? Yeah. Great. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> what, uh, other than coming back for works at what class are you going to ride in the nationals this year?
2: Um, I'm going to race pro am this year. I'm i I'm still on my stocker. Um, in Paul, we've discussed, I'm putting a, you know, a Duncan racing exhaust on it and, uh, we're going to do a vortex and, uh, an intake and a little bit of motor work, nothing crazy, but I'm going to keep the stock suspension, um, which to be honest with you, in my eyes, it's a, it's an amazing suspension for stock. I I have no issues with it. I can go balls to the wall on that suspension and it doesn't throw me anything weird. Um, but yeah, we're just going to do some little tweaks and, and we're going to race pro am this year. Just like I said, last year, go out for some fun and, uh, try to just get some good riding underneath my, my, um, my legs before I head out West and, and tackle that series.
0: That's awesome. Why are you guys waiting so late in the year is it just something that that's going on with the business for your parents?
2: Um yes and no. Uh in all honesty, I kind of if if we were going to do it sooner, I wish we kind of just did it sooner. That way it's just over with. It's sitting on it is is stressful being 23. It's like do I go? Do I not go? It's it's just it's a big decision that I have to make. I leave friends, I leave a job, you know. My boss now is very good friends of mine. So we chose September just to kind of give uh, a nice buffer on everybody um, leaving. I guess uh, I wanted to get one more season of nationals in. I got some really good friends there, and um, I just wanted kind of one more, you know, season just to spend with my friends and see these guys race. And um, yeah, it's a family over here, just as it is with works. Yeah. You know, it's
0: I I believe it. I it's believe a big I thing to
2: leave, it. so I just wanted to kind of get one more one more. Hoorah in the series before I checked out.
0: I got to talk to Chad on the show and uh, it was, it it was pretty awesome to get to talk to him. Mm -hmm. You have to remember I got to talk to him back before he had won a race. Wow. Okay. When he was riding the Honda and this kid was so nice and just awesome. And he's a big kid, you know I mean? You can't, Uh, I'm no, I'm not small, but I'm not big. And this is right. a kid. Right. And um, he would just ride that Honda into the ground. Yeah, he is. <laughs>
2: you he know? Was, he's a big boy. He's tall and he can, he can throw that thing around in places that people just can't
0: well, he's super strong. And yeah, he's learned so much finesse from his younger years um, of manhandling the machine and forcing it to do what it didn't want right. to do to allowing it to flow underneath him. And it's almost like poetry.
2: It is. It, it is unbelievable what that man can do on a four-wheeler. I mean, obviously you got Joel, super fast guy, but Chad, it, it doesn't even like when you watch him ride, it doesn't even look like he's going fast. It looks like he's just riding the four-wheeler. The 4 wheeler's just going underneath him and he's just on top of it. You're right. It is, it is seriously, seriously impressive what he can do on a pop.
0: I like watching the the two differences in the two videos that they both post. Yeah. And and it's the amount of physical effort that seems like it's going out. It's like Joel is physically working it and dad's on a, on a Sunday vacation.
2: Um, Yes. That is the best way you can explain it. It is exactly like that. Even when they motor together, watching it in person for the last eight years. I mean, it is, Joel has got everything on the line, hanging it out, and Chad just looks like he's out there for a Sunday cruise.
0: Yeah, yeah, and really, really, if you think about what's going on inside Chad, that's not at all what's happening.
2: No, absolutely not. He is absolutely going as hard as he possibly can, but to the outside eye, it looks like he's just the quads just moving underneath him. <laughs> he's just got the length on. I mean, a, the length of him is such an advantage in, and riding a quad due to the you know short travel we have for suspension. And then Joel's got to make up for it being, you know, five foot eight or, you know, whatever he's got six inches on him probably. So it is just, it's crazy to watch him go through a roller section or something that's, you know, insanely rough versus Joel because it kind of just looks like Joel gets bounced around and has to, you know, like you said, muscle the bike and manhandle it to get through the section as fast as Chad can.
0: Well, it's kind of funny if you if you did a little comparison coast to coast and you look at the way Sloan rides, mm-hmm. Sloan rides on the gas, on the rev limiter all the time. He yep. is getting every ounce of power <laughs> out of that machine every second, just killing it. And you can technically, yeah. dude, if you watched him and Bo, you're going, Mike's killing him. Yeah. And both kind of like Chad, just... Yeah,
2: that is... Yeah, when I watch him, it is exactly that. It is exactly that.
0: And uh, it, two totally different styles. And then you have other guys that are just in between mm-hmm. the way they ride. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot yeah. of fun. I mean, I used to love watching Eichner ride because it, he never looked like he was... It never looked hard.
2: Yeah. He, yeah, he and... Riding. In all honesty, Joel has switched to like, since the switch to Yamaha, it's looked like it's gotten a little bit of a easier ride. He's still riding like Joel on the edge, on the gas, on the rev box everywhere. But the bike itself just looks, it honestly looks like he just got something figured out that he couldn't figure out on a Honda. And I, I think it'll be a big move to him this year. I'm super stoked to see how he does on it.
0: I want him to relax.
2: Yeah. You know, I think he's, from, I, I, you know, since the change, I think it's just, it's all, all crazy.
0: And I think didn't relax he's just a Honda either. No, no, he, but, he this is so <clears throat> I, it, rigid is the wrong word, but there's just something in the, in the visuals. Yeah. Um, that it's almost like comfort it's yeah. it's like he's fast and he's puts laps in and he does yeah. that stuff and he can do all this crazy stuff. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. It's just almost like he's just a one sliver from a hundred percent comfortable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. And honestly, I think that, I think the switch to the Yamaha has helped. I really do. I've watched him ride in person and I've watched him, you know, obviously all the videos that he's been putting up on Instagram and I've talked to him personally about it. And he is very, very excited to see what he can do on this Yamaha. He feels like a 10 times better rider. He feels smoother. He feels like he makes less mistakes. Um, And gives every single credit to the rear end of that Yamaha. They're just not the same. The Hondas are not the same. When you ride a Honda versus a Yamaha, the rear ends are just worlds of different.
0: You know, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I'm just not willing to let go of the Honda yet. Yeah, I, I hear you. you. it's, it's tough. I I mean, I see things that maybe some other people don't see. mm -hmm. And, but I'm also, I'm also been very blessed to work with a specific individual and that's mm -hmm. Doug Roll.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Doug's a great guy.
0: Yeah. He can make your machine work when other people say it won't.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, when you see what he can do for the machines that you build by just walking up and making a fine tune adjustment, just walking up to it because he watched it on the track and yeah. comes over and just makes a little adjustment, a little adjustment, and then smiles and winks and walks away. And the rider comes back and goes, what did you do to my bike? It's perfect. And yeah. I go, I didn't do anything. That guy did. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's
2: a great guy. I've, I've not really talked to him much personally. Um, and those stuff obviously works wonders for Beau and Davey and everybody else that runs it out there. Um, not a lot of people run it out here, but when Davey even came out and race nationals, he was a top, top three rider every single weekend and was running, you know, roll designs and everybody was like, Oh, he's running roll designs. You Nobody who, really knew out here. You know, you know, who did Joel's shocks uh, Doug roll yeah, yep. and then, and then he didn't Ruhl. do them. And then he didn't. Yep. Doug Roll,
0: so, I, so, I, so I, if you can already tell where I'm going with yeah, that, no, hundred
2: percent, one hundred percent. Doug Roll is a he's a genius when it comes to suspension.
0: You know what I liked hearing the most, and I heard it from Doug as well, mm-hmm. that him and Mike got along really well, mm-hmm. and and I know that about Doug. I'm not super close with Mike. I've known of Mike for many, 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 many years. Yeah, um, but I didn't know a lot about Mike and. uh I like the fact that they got along and meshed, yeah, so well, and made that program and made. I think it made differences with Mike, and I think made the differences with with Doug. And yeah, uh, it, yeah. It, it's pretty awesome when you can see two guys that are spearheading their own portions of the industry mm-hmm. get along so well
2: and make something amazing out of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's, You know that that was a really good season for Joel. Yeah. Back year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've run JB. I've run Walsh. I haven't run roll design yet. I'm very curious on how it rides. So there's a good chance that I uh, get a set of a arms and, you know, somehow cause from Doug, from my Yamaha and uh, try mm-hmm. it out see how it is.
0: I will never denounce those other guys because they've had success. Oh, the absolutely not. Ride. Yeah.
2: Yeah. JB and, and Mike are That's two phenomenal whole- dudes and
0: Doug Roll stuff is phenomenal.
2: Yeah. And being out West, I'm not going to have the easiest as- access to, you know, Jody and Mike. And you know, I don't, I don't have that trackside support with those guys. You know, Jody's helped me out for ever since I moved out here, um, to the East coast. And, uh, when I got on a Yamaha, I was running with Walsh and, you know, Mike's helped me out for a while and, uh, both great dudes. They've always done the best for me. And, um, just having Doug out there out West and having the actual, Ability to talk to him and, and work with him, I think will will help a lot. Um, like yeah, I, I respect JB. I respect. Uh, well, we run their every arm every day.
0: We run yeah. their swing arm on most yeah. of the Hondas and the Yamaha's.
2: Yeah, yep. That's what I, that's what Doug was telling me. He's you know he said they run the JB ar- the swing arm and um, JB subframe on most of their bikes.
0: Well, we run a we run a Lone Star subframe. Okay, I haven't seen a JB subframe yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we had so much good luck with the, the lone star, lone one. star ones yep. it doesn't break. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little adjustable. Um, I'd yeah. like to use different Himes, but that, that, that I, you can't change something that is functionally working and not having a problem. It just right. doesn't have a problem.
1: Right. Absolutely. Right.
0: Um, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not tell somebody to buy a JB uh, subframe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but <clears throat> dude, Every guy that rides the Yamaha and works of any stature at all is running a Lone Star subframe because they just don't yeah. fail. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and just about all of them now are starting to run JB swing arms.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I actually just ordered a JB swing arm and subframe. Um, and maybe when I come out, you can take a look at the JB subframe. See what you think.
0: Dude, I'd love to send me photos of that when you get it. Absolutely. I want to check it out. Yeah. You well, know, nothing against Monster. I mean, yeah, no, i always no. going to have a second source.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Jody's a great dude too.
0: I've never got to talk to him that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been using bits and pieces of him through, through roll mm-hmm. for years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Jody is a, is a great guy. He's definitely in it for all the right reasons.
0: Well, he built some arms for me for the desert stuff. Uh, uh, DRX 450Rs that we raised uh, and uh, had great success with them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I like, like I said, I ran his arms before um, I got on a Yamaha. And the only reason I switched to Walsh and this is nothing against Walsh. I just, I'm a pretty loyal person when it comes to sponsorships and Jody's helped me out for years. And uh, I switched to Walsh when I was on the Yamaha. And that was a team decision. And like I said, great respect for Mike. He makes amazing things. Um But JB's just, you know, he's always had my back and,
0: and that's hello, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. You have to be loyal to those guys that take care of you. And um it's like your relationship with Paul.
2: Yes, one hundred percent. I will be loyal to Paul for probably the rest of my career riding a four-wheeler.
0: Well, I'm gonna be loyal to him for a long time too. I like Paul yep. a lot. Um we've we've chewed a lot of the dirt together and yeah. <laughs> You know, I I I like calling him and asking him questions about Yamaha's, and when he needs questions answered about old school stuff or you know, ban- he calls about Banshees every once in a while. <laughs> I, I have to laugh, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's a Yamaha, dude. You you have to know all the answers. <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he grown down God a Paul's, lot too, hasn't
2: he? Yeah, absolutely. He's. Definitely hands on more at home. Obviously, he's not traveling as much with racing. Um, and big family man now. He's a big dad.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah,
2: he's great to his kids. His kids love him. Uh, great family all around.
0: Absolutely. You know, 2020 was my first time away. Really. That. So I don't. Uh, I don't know what 2021's bringing so far. I've got to. We. My wife. And I went on a little trip and we got to stop by uh Canyon for mm. round two of the works. I don't know if I'm going to make it to three and, and have a Sue or not, but uh, w- I'm always working towards trying to get back just because I love it. You know, I mean, yeah. my, my friends and family, my life, my, my real portion of my life, the portion of the ATV world that I love the most that mm. the races.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's, almost like when you're not at the races, you have, you're missing. You feel like you're missing out. You know, like when I don't go to Daytona, like Daytona's tomorrow, all of my buddies are down all of them. And it's like, man, I wish I was there. You know, I wish I could just drop everything right now and fly to Daytona and be there. tomorrow.
0: Well, if I don't get back in the, podcast grows to the point where it can allow us to travel, you mm-hmm. know, I'll be hitting the big races, you know, um, I'll go to a couple GNCCs. I'll go to a couple GNCs, you know, yeah. obviously hitting the works races, maybe even popping into some of the score stuff and, uh, best in the desert just to, uh, you know, give live reports and, and be a part of it. I, I, uh, You know, it's just such a part of my life and it always has been. And I, and I don't want it to change.
2: Yeah. It's like I said before, it's, you can't, it's like you said, it's a drug. You can't, you can't get out.
0: You know, in, in episode three, my dad talks about, uh, the three-wheeler coming to the States, you know, and what he thought of it and he laughed and everything. Well, in in 1969, I was four years old and I got my first ride on a three-wheeler. Mm-hmm. And right then, you know, set the hook. You didn't even have to reel it in. I was freaking. I was Hooked. chasing them down. You know, I wanted, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do.
2: Yeah. Hooks for life. That's ex- ex- I, I can't tell anybody's story that races a four wheeler today or ever race a four That's exactly how it went. You rode one once and it's, you're sucked in for life.
0: Exactly. And there, you just can't get away from it. And I don't think, I don't think people that really understand the depth that it runs and, and the, the, the feeling you get, not always is the racing, the, the portion that clinches you.
2: No, it's everything Everything yes. together. It's the, it's the racing. It's the atmosphere at the track. It's the friends and the family and the great times you build. And then just the absolute love for riding four wheelers on top of it. it it's just it's, you can't get away from it.
0: That's what it's all about, brother. That's, that's the portion that gets me going and, and keeps me coming back and, and keeps me fighting for, uh, for all you guys, you know? Yeah. I'm
2: hopefully going to be in it for as long as I physically can do it or, you know, financially can do it. So I'm giving it my all, you know, if if we come out there and and start racing out there, it's going to be everything I got.
0: How old are you?
2: 23. I actually I'll turn 23 this weekend.
0: Well, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> you will air long after your birthday. That's yeah. But uh, you know, everybody will think, Hey, it's birthday. It's his birthday, right? now."
2: <laughs> everybody um, texts me in a couple of weeks and uh, let me know it's my birthday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, th- 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 it won't be a couple of weeks, but I'll tell you at the end of the episode when you'll air and um, uh, what episode number you'll be. Uh, cool. It might change slightly depending on every once in a while you get a, you get somebody on the show that you need to drop instantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I've had Cody Jansen on, Yeah, uh, he was kind of one of those guys I needed to drop early. Because, yeah. You know, he was gosh. right now we have more episodes than he does. Yeah. And I'm not even nine months old. And, and it's not because I'm trying to compete. It's just because I I was told when I did this to have content. And everybody that listens, hears me say this almost every time. So they're probably telling me to shut up right now. <laughs> but, uh, it's true. We have just an, uh, an amazing amount of content.
2: Yeah. Content is... That's for stuff that people click on. That's what gets you views. And that's what gets you... stuff. more stuff you put out, the more views you get. More people click on it the more spread out it is and yeah i completely agree with the content and we of we're it not even we're not even
0: we're not even video yet yeah we're working on it we're we're going to try uh, if you look over my right shoulder you see mm-hmm. there's a three wheeler an ATC se- excuse me an ATC 70 and if you look really close there's a photo back there yeah me on a 200 ex three wheeler my very first three wheeler race ever in my life wow yeah. 80, 86, I believe that was. Wow. First time I raced a three-wheeler.
2: I wasn't even thought about maybe.
0: Uh Yeah, I've been doing this a while. You know, I'm a couple of days old. <laughs> just, a couple, you know? uh, just a couple. I'm probably old enough to be your grandfather.
2: You're look like a day over 25. Don't worry. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: maybe we need, maybe we could fix your racing if we put some glasses on you. <laughs> uh. Oh, uh, dude, come on! I have a grandson that's twelve years old. Wow! Yeah, tell me about it.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, my second oldest grandchild's birthday is on Saturday, which is the thirteenth. Oh,
2: happy birthday to him!
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. To the thirteenth is the day before mine. Look at that. Yours on the fourteenth. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm bummed that you couldn't go, have gone to Daytona. Um, yeah. Uh, I got to go one time with Garen Fuller and mm-hmm. race Daytona and uh, unfortunately he crashed. Uh, he was, he was doing well in the pro-am class and yeah. uh, ended up on his noodle, but yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Daytona that's, uh, it's a tough track to be honest with you. I've gone twice. I've raced there twice and I've crashed both years. So uh, tough track. It's all around. It's really tough to ride on a four-wheeler, what they do to it. I mean, they, they kind of tame it down a little bit, and the pro pros make it look easy. I mean, Joel Chad and all them guys out there, they make it really look easy, but it is a technical technical track and it is tough to ride. Nothing. Anybody can expect.
0: It, yeah. Garen had a crash in the rhythm section mm-hmm. as well. And it was just, he was, you know, not super comfortable at first, but you Mm can see as the race wore on, he was getting comfortable and there was a little gap between him and the lead group. And that gap was coming down. And I thought, Hey, you never know. We're not even halfway yet. And he's starting to gain some ground. Let's just see what he can do. And uh, boom on his noodle.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It happens quick too, especially at a track like that.
0: Perfect. Yeah, and his mom called me within seconds because she was watching the live timing and his, and his deal stopped, you know? So she was like, yeah. where's he at? He ain't yeah. coming around Yeah, And I don't know where he's at. So I'm allowed to go out there. Uh, yeah. But you know, yeah. that, that was a lot of fun. Didn't, was it Joel, Joel or Chad had a problem there a couple of years ago?
2: Um, Joel had crashed really hard a couple of years
0: ago. Right. That's, yeah. Right. Pretty bad actually. Yeah. Yeah. It,
2: he, yeah, put a put a big rut in, in the season for him too. He messed up his knee real bad. I, I don't remember what happened. He tore one of his long, ligaments in his knee and uh put him back pretty heavily in this, in the points.
0: Yeah, that's that's always horrible to 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 do that. Yeah. It? It, last year he, he didn't uh he got third, didn't he?
2: He got second. Um he actually every single year he has some sort of catastrophic fail. Every single year and it's just like, it's the unluckiest things ever. You know, a couple of years ago, chain breaks at Loretta Lynn's, like yeah. a moto or the first moto chain breaks. Um, you know, that year he crashed at Daytona. The first round crashed at Daytona, hurt his knee. Terrible. Then last year, Pleasure Valley, I think it was round four, four or five, um, completely grenaded a motor. I mean, it was on fire on the track.
0: I've seen videos of Com-
2: that. Completely grenaded a motor. I finished sixteenth. And e- e. in a series like ours, where you know you get points per moto, well, at least in the pro class, you get points per moto. So when you have two riders like Chad and Joel going back and forth one, two, one, two, one, two, they're not making any gains in point Anything. So it's like Joel having that sixteenth finish, it, it is damn near impossible for him. So he would have to win out. He would have had to win out just about the rest of the season to win a championship because Chad is just on his game. And you know, he's not going to have a fourth or a fifth or even a third Chad is going to either be first or second, every single rate. Right. And that's yeah. just, and that's where Joel needs to be. He needs to be on the box every single round
0: yeah and that's just such a hard thing to do it's and yeah
2: Chad is just he has the consistency dialed and joel is getting he is he's is getting it and like I said, everything that happens to him is literally nothing he can control. It is just all catastrophic failures sucks for the kid you know I've been a fan of his since I started riding i mean he's I was a kid, he was the fast kid, the cool kid to look up to and uh actually i've I've grown a good friendship with him um got to go to his wedding. Um, great guy. He really is a great guy, and I hope the absolute best from this season. I hope he goes out there and kills it. Um, nothing against Chad. Love Chad. Also a great dude. Just excited to see some good battles. This year.
0: I don't think that they're ready for what's coming.
2: From who, Chad or Joel?
0: I don't think they're ready for what's coming. That they don't even see.
2: Oh, uh, I I can agree with you on that. Whether we're talking Max Lindquist or Bryce Ford,
0: I I'm I'm. Cautiously optimistic with Max. Yes. But dude, the video I seen of Bryce, I'd be more worried about Bryce than anybody.
2: He looks good. He really does. You know, there was there's a couple kids that really stepped up their game this year, and Max Link was being the rookie. He had a phenomenal pro am season. Came out of nowhere, too. I mean, kid was fast on a 250, but I don't think anybody was expecting to, what he did last year in Pro Am. I mean, he won every single round just about. I, he might've won everything. Every, I don't know. He
0: won everything, but one moto,
2: everything, but one moto. I mean, phenomenal from phenomenal performance. I mean, working with Chad, um, best best in the business, you know? Um, so yeah, kid's going to be good as a rookie. He's going to be really good. I'm, I'm stoked for him, but Bryce, he really is. I think he stepped up his game this year a little bit. I think he's going to be battling for, for podiums a lot more. Um, maybe even wins and, uh, another rider, um, Wesley Wolf. He actually, uh, he stepped up his program a lot too, so hoping to see him on the podium a little bit too. The the class is going to be stacked this year. Everybody stepped up their game. It's going to be battling bar to bar for a lot of positions. You know, top gonna seven have- positions are going to be crazy.
0: I'm going to have to do some research on Wolf. I don't yeah. know him very much. He, ra-
2: he races um, MX and GNCC uh, both as a pro. Great rider. Um, yeah, good friend of mine.
0: Uh, top five,
2: top five rider last year he in didn't the, in the class
0: half bad in the race last weekend. Did he,
2: uh, in the GNCC race this past, well, he would have raced this past uh, weekend. I don't know how he did this past weekend. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him I, since. I
0: think his name was farther up on the, up on the, uh, results. If I, if yeah. I don't remember, if yeah. I remember correctly, I was talking to, um, I was texting a couple of different guys. Mm -hmm. information you know asking how things went um i've been trying to hook up with you know there's guys that i've been trying to 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 get interviews with or get conversations with uh josh Merritt and bryce ford you know bryce and i just can't seem to connect same with Mm -hmm. josh um hunter hart i got to interview uh earlier in the year um his episode will drop well today's the today's the the eighth and his episode will drop on the on friday um cool. so yeah
2: yeah Wesley's great dude he's got a he's got a great story to tell too um definitely suggest getting him on here he He would tell a good story, people would love it
0: if it's okay with him, ask him and send me his contact, and I'll reach absolutely.
2: out absolutely, absolutely. I'll talk to him let you know
0: you know i mean i I'm at a disadvantage because I haven't been back east in so many years and some people know me because of my last name, but they mm-hmm. don't know me, um, as who I am. Right. So we have to, you know, feel each other out a little bit. Um, uh, Duncan racing still is a bigger persona than Leonard Duncan. And ATV yeah. Now, so, yeah.
2: yeah, I knew you guys before I even talked to you. So you're the nail right on the head with that one
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean and some people know the name yeah a couple of people said yeah it took us a second to put two and two together that you were the the same guy
2: <laughs> yeah yep definitely uh good meeting you though i've on your brand for the last 10 years i raced i've always been there you
0: know Well, I appreciate that. And, and I hope that we can uh, meet up when you come out to the West Coast and, and I can help you out and uh, under, under Paul's tutelage and maybe some information that I can give you. uh, Absolutely. We can get you up front and and get you having a good time.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
0: Send me some photos of that subframe when you get it, because I would love to see it. Absolutely. You have all my contact information. Yes, sir. Um, we talked earlier that when you would uh when you would air, um five twenty-one looks like your day.
2: Okay. Five twenty-one, cool.
0: And uh you'll be episode sixty-seven. My daughter may cut this out of our conversation because she hates it when I uh <laughs>
2: when we get what was it? it was it was five. What was it? Five what? Five twenty-one. Five twenty-one. All right, cool.
0: Um She hates it when I talk the behind the scenes stuff on, uh, uh, you know, when we tape it. And I think, I think that it needs to all be out there and let everybody listen to everything.
2: Yeah. It's a podcast
0: and, and I have nothing to hide. And, you know, that's why when I first talk to you, I go over a couple little details that you need to know. Yeah. Other than that, I want it unscripted.
2: Unscripted, they make the best listening podcasts. They really do. You, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. I don't think I've hit every single one. Um, but I listen to a lot of podcasts at work. So I just throw them on in my headphones at work and I go to town on podcasts, but your podcast is definitely one of the more enjoyables to watch just because they're unscripted conversations. They're just, you know, we're here having a conversation. It's no questions. It's no interview. It's just (laughs) talking
0: you know, the first, when I started out and you're the first person I've ever told this to, when I first started out, I wrote down questions mm-hmm. I had a notepad. Like today I have a notepad next to me, but mm-hmm. my notepad is names, dates and numbers. Yeah. Uh, as far as episode numbers, that's all it is. And, and, yeah. and, and if I flip a page, it's, it's people that I'm reaching out to and all kinds of stuff like that. But yeah, I had Questions and I'd have them written down, and I had five to six of these questions that I had written down, and I learned by episode three, maybe episode four. Yeah, mm-hmm. throw that in the trash, yeah. because I would get done with the conversation and look down and realize I didn't ask not one question. Not one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. because the conversation never went there.
2: Yeah, sometimes yeah, like they just take off. I don't know. They start talking about stuff and you know, one thing leads to another and we're on this topic and then we're on that topic. And then <laughs> now we're
0: here. I, I want to I want a one, two line information on you. Mm-hmm. On anybody I talk to just, just so that I am reassuring myself what's going on. Right. Um, and I will do a little bit of behind the scenes research, you know, Google searches, things like that. Right. Uh, not a lot, not a lot. Yeah. because I want to be cold. I yeah. want to know who you are, yeah. so that you and I can have that conversation, and it and it's all about you know the moment right there, the moment. Yeah,
2: um, it's more personable when you talk without questions, you know.
0: My daughter wants me to ask more personable questions, and I don't. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to ask more personal questions. Yeah. sometimes it's just personal things I just don't really need to know. Yeah, well, I mean, we're
2: talking about ATV racing, so exactly. Keep it at that, and that's what the show's all about.
0: Hey, I got a question for you. Yeah. I've never asked this question. And, and, and you might not be the guy to ask, but do you run beadlocks or non beadlocks in the front? And if not beadlocks, why not beadlocks and just your feeling on the situation?
2: Um, I don't run beadlocks. I tend to run beadlocks soon. Um, I couldn't really tell you what, makes the decision what to run or what not to run. Um, I don't really know. To be honest, I don't know. I'm planning on running beadlocks out West. That's just what I'm told to run. Paul talks to me about it. And he's like, you need front beadlocks. Um, you need rear beadlocks. Absolutely. We've always ran the rear beadlocks, but I've never run the front. So I don't know, maybe because of blowouts longevity, um, maybe they hold air better. I don't know.
0: Uh, Dustin Nelson told me the reason that he didn't run beadlocks is because he could feel the weight difference.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When I was my Eichner mechanic, he didn't run anything but beadlocks. And the one time we were in Florida and we went without beadlocks, he freaking crashed and popped a tire. Yeah. Um, fortunately it was in a qualifying deal. So we got mm-hmm. to run, uh, so we didn't qualify. So we had to run the last chancer mm-hmm. and we ran with beadlocks and he won the last chancer. And, you know, he got 10th in the, he got 10th against Natalie and all those guys back there. Um, which was for Doug, you know, being an off-road guy and in, in his forties, I thought was, Hey, yeah, no complaint there, man. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Like I said, Paul told me, this is what you're running. <laughs> so I kind of just go off of what he says sometimes.
0: Well, you'll also have to pick, uh, an insert. Whether yeah. you go with tire blocks or tire balls. Yeah. And, you know, there's no wrong answer. There's what mm-hmm. you feel is the best and what you like. Uh, right. Kenny Sanford is at the track with tire blocks. Yep. Uh, a great dude. Um, I have a good relationship with him. I have guys that run blocks. Um mm-hmm. Annie Prather doesn't go to the track, but your balls generally are taken care of uh before you go. Yeah. Um I have a great relationship with, with tire balls. Um I've been with tire balls off and on for a long time. A long Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah my two, dad actually nine knows nine. my dad knows Kenny pretty well. I don't know the last time they talked, but um they he knows who we are. So I assume um if I get in contact with them. Um, that, you know, he'd hook us up with some stuff and I definitely need to get on something because those long races can't take the risk of not running anything.
0: Um, you cannot, you know, like in uh, Canyon a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. everybody was having some type of tire problem with yeah. inserts. They were, you know, cutting the tires and the inserts were popping out because yeah. the, the rocks were just shredding. Well,
2: oh, had a flat, didn't he?
0: Uh, no, Mike didn't. Bo had Quick a one day. in his UTV. Mike wow. had one uh on his on his uh quad wow. and it ate the tire, which caused the balls to come out. Yeah. Uh because it cut it so bad. And it's just an unfortunate, you know, an incident. I mean, you, yeah. you cut it that bad, blocks are gonna come out too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Better safe than sorry though. If he didn't have had any blocks in there, he would have made it way less time.
0: Uh yeah, he would have struggled. He would have struggled big time. Yeah. So I mean, he struggled anyways, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, so that's just nuances to racing in the off-road and desert. And, and I know that they do some insert stuff and the motocross stuff, testing with it for traction Mm -hmm. reasons, maybe not for flat tire reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know they do a lot of inserts in the woods.
2: Yeah. Yeah. um, Wesley, I keep bringing him up, but he runs tire balls and I've actually helped him install them. Um, Super tough thing to install, but (laughs) The traction and durability you can get out of a tire is just unbeatable. So, I mean, you can run a little bit less tire pressure in your tire, make them flex a little bit more, get some more traction to the ground. And, and you're also not going to just pop a tire and get a f- complete flat.
0: Yeah. I'm a no air guy. Yeah. I run air, the blocks or the balls with no air. Um, yeah. It just, to me, it gives a better traction. Yeah.
2: yeah. I never, I never even ride rode with blocks or balls on my tire. So I don't even know how to feel for
0: them. It's going to be a little different at first, but I think you'll adapt yeah. pretty fast. Yeah, I think so too. You know, yeah. <laughs> Jacob, it was a pleasure having you on ATV Talk. Um, I Man want to extend him. the invitation like I do to everybody. Uh, I want to get you back out on on the show, and I want you talking to me about the transition when you come to California, so that you can or Arizona and and, and race in California, um, so that we can talk a bit about it and and how you feel about it. So, you know, we need to plan something in in October to to meet up and, uh, and and get you back on the show so that you can tell us all about that.
2: Absolutely. I'd love to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm glad that you, you cut some time out for me. Make sure you tell, say hello to your mom and dad and and thank them for all they do for the ATV sport. And, um, we'll I'll be in touch with you cause I'll need some information from you and need some things from you. Minimal. It's no big deal. Nothing yep. special. Um, but, uh, keep listening to ATV talk and keep pushing, keep training that mental focus, dude, the mental All focus. It. It's, it's, yep. it's don't make it, it. This is the easiest way I can explain it. The wheel's already round. You ain't yep. going to make it any rounder. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so mm-hmm. Program's already what it is. Go ride, have a good time. Yep. What it's all about, having some fun, right? So if you get ninetieth, and there's eighty guys in the class, eighty guys in the class, be happy. You still yep. got to do it. Still got
2: to ride a four wheeler that day.
0: Exactly.
2: Right. And I get to walk home, not in an ambulance.
0: There you go. Hey, right. You know what? Sometimes you may be smiling even if you had to take the ambulance home. You know. <laughs> That's, um, right. That's right. That's right. That's it, it, right. Yeah. It's better than pushing the truck. Yeah, that's true. Better than pushing the truck. <laughs> right on. All right, brother. You have a great night. Thank you again. If you need anything from me, you reach out and uh, we'll be in touch and uh, stay focused, brother.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Back big things from you.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward
0: to it. All right, man. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Yep. Right, bye. Bye-bye. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.
1: Brought to you by Take Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
0: San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International